it's so funny that there exists a podcast now that has covered both Autumn Sonata and The Flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should, we should have had our privileges revoked when we put on The Flash. Like, no, you can't talk about serious movies anymore. Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League and Autumn Sonata. We've done La Note and The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. <laughs> what a mixed bag of nuts. Yeah. yeah, we're we're multifaceted. We have taste. We're not highbrow or lowbrow. We we just like movies. We're we just like movies. Yeah. yeah. What's the what's the high like wanna be highbrow bullshit? Fuck that. Where you would be like, I don't want to be a snob. I just got thick brows. They cover high and low. <laughs> Because I just went gay all of a sudden. Pops Blue Ribbon! I'm Charles Foster Kane! Snap out of it! Ahoy, sexy! It's showtime, folks. What is up, Criteria Cats? You are listening to Criteria Cast, the podcast you listen to when you're too busy recording all of Mozart's sonatas to go to your grandson's funeral. I'm your host, AJ. I'm your other host, Noah. I'm your mom's failure, Gabe. And we are currently in the midst of our mini-series called The Autumn of Dreamers, a collection of movies with dreamlike atmospheres, or in today's case, a movie where a mother abandons her family in order to pursue her dreams. Today's movie is Ingmar Bergman's Autumn Sonata. Autumn Sonata tells the story of a daughter reuniting with her estranged mother after a seven-year absence, causing old resentments to resurface. We're going to talk about the plot, production, and trivia, but first, I need to know what you thought of the movie, Gabe. Mm, I love seeing when like a mother is neglectful and just doesn't take care of her kid. It really takes me back to my own childhood. It's good times, good memories. It really makes me like all warm and fuzzy inside. Really, real nostalgic. So is she just like you for real? Yeah, but I'm not a little bitch. All right. So that's a ringing endorsement. What do you think, Noah? This was your <laughs> choice. Well, I didn't, you know, I just didn't really know what it was about, to be honest. Oh. I probably wouldn't have chosen it if I knew. Um, I thought it was really good. It was just like sad as hell. And uh, I, because the main reason I wanted to watch it was because it was like, oh, that's Ingrid Bergman in an Ingmar Bergman movie. It's like the two Ingies, the two, the two Ingiebergs. Ingiebergers. I, I was like, that sounds cool. And uh, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I think the performances were amazing. But yeah, it was just like sad as hell. I also wanted to say that all my kids are alive, so, you know, get wrecked, Eva, fucking loser. Yeah, so I was ready to come <laughs> in with my uh, more like so not of my vibe, but uh, that would feel disingenuous. I, I can't say uh, that I was bored. I honestly didn't find it boring or bad. At the same time, I can't really say it ignited my love for cinema in the same way that like Akira Kurosawa's dreams did. I think I'm kind of in the middle of you two right now like i would recommend it i think it's overall a good movie the performances are amazing but also i can't say i was too interested in any of the drama i was just like yeah your mom sucks dude yeah i will say this there's some beautiful lines of dialogue and there was a beautiful scene on the piano but um aside from that i was just very much so like oh, okay well it was just like a very psychologically realistic portrait of a narcissistic mother and i was just like Hmm. Yeah, that that was uh <laughs> that was, <laughs> it was just very, very, very accurate and interesting, you know. <laughs> uh yeah, I was wondering if maybe uh this movie plays better for people who have 
some sort of baggage that they bring to it because I have a pretty good relationship with my mom so the whole time I'm watching like I don't really connect with what's happening I'm like yeah you are fucking suck for leaving your kids you bag of shit Ingrid Bergman yeah. you know I love my mom so I was just like yeah that, that sucks uh, it's so hard to I feel like it's so hard for me to dislike Ingrid Bergman and I just like my cat's wilding out um I was just like wow you are a terrible person the whole time she was so unlikable but she meant to be you know I think it was also a genius casting on Bergman's part because uh uh Ingmar that is <laughs> <laughs> uh because he 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 casts a, like a legendary actress so you believed that her character had clout i feel like that's a note that people could take more for casting characters like that the character that's supposed to be extraordinarily successful in the real world is someone who already has some sort of um like a superstar like her Makes well sense. adding adding to that she basically did this in real life too like she abandoned her family to go hang out with roberto rossellini yeah yeah <laughs> was, this, was this post that incident was this like one of those castings oh, way where it's like, after yeah, yeah this so was like, her last theatrical film ah okay so it's like well it's, we're gonna cast like an actual piece of shit in this one <laughs> calling ingrid bergman a piece of shit she, Fuck she you ingrid her- yeah, you abandon your family. You're not a cool guy. You're not a cool woman. You're kind of an asshole. Well, it's just so interesting with this kind of stuff because, like, the obviously, like, the decisions she made were so self-centered. She only cared about herself. She had children because she wanted to have children in her life, not because she wanted to, like, raise them and make them happy, you know? Like, there was a line where she, uh, her, her daughter was freaking out. She was like, you just wanted little dolls to play with. And when we got sick or annoyed, you didn't want anything to do with us because then she just didn't want to deal with the negative side of having children, you know? Like, she just wanted things that benefited her. She pursued her career because she thought that was going to make her happy and that she would be unhappy if she didn't. But really, she just reaped, you know, she, she reaps, she's reaping what she sowed, like, her whole life because... She has a very unhappy family, and that's kind of more important than a career sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. But if it, not to jump around too much, but if you listen to it at the end on the train ride as she like abandons her family once again, she goes, "Man, I just wish my youngest daughter would die already. My youngest daughter with muscle dystrophy. I just wanted her to be dead." It's like, oh, so you're entirely self interested, and the very idea that you that somebody's suffering because of you, you want it extinguished. You can't even deal with the guilt. There's no shame, just a piece of shit all around, character-wise. Yeah, and the dialogue, too. Like, I, I, I had no idea what this movie was going to be about when I started watching it, and then I could tell right away that the mom was, like, extraordinarily self-interested from the moment that she came uh, on this, like, within 30 seconds, because all of her dialogue contained the words, I, me, or she was just, like, talking about herself constantly. You know, and it just like got more and more intense the longer she stayed. And I was just like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they're doing everything to the nines in terms of like how a fight like this would go. But also like, I don't really want to live in this world. I was just yeah. came out of it like, well, I'm sad. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a bummer of a movie. 
That tends to be a recurring theme with at least with the Bergman films I've seen. He uh, his movies are very bleak and there's a lot of suffering in them. Um, I think I watched uh, I think it's called Cries and Whispers and it's just about this family who's just like suffering because um, one of their family members is like about to die of cancer and so she's just like screaming all the time in the house and everyone's sad and it's like fucked. I feel like you could have called this movie Cries and Whispers too. Like that's basically they're either like I am so sad that you were here. They're like you you abandoned me. There's no really in between. They're not ever deflecting with humor or anything. It's always people just talking very calmly about their emotions or crying. Yeah, and uh, props to the um, actress opposite uh, Ingrid. I forgot what her name is. Liv Ullman. Yeah, Liv Ullman. She's in all. She, I think she's in like all of Bergman's films. But you know, it's pretty hard to keep up with Ingrid. But she did a just fine job. They were equally astoundingly good, in my opinion. Yeah, both performances were pretty good. I will say at points I was like, this just feels like drama. The movie where it's like every single dramatic thing that can happen in someone's life happens. You have like <laughs> a, a young boy who drowns. You have a sister who is uh, physically handicapped. You have to take care of a mother who abandoned you. You're suicidal. You're in you a countryside. Yeah, yeah, you don't love your... I thought the husband was her dad for like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he was like, he's talking about my wife. And I thought he meant uh, Ingrid Bergman's character. And then when he's like, you know, I'm so much older than her. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, what? Hold on, yeah. wait a minute, what? Well, the thing is, is that like there are a lot of situations like that out there a lot of situations that are worse than that people there's a lot of people suffering out there you know so i I thought it was a pretty realistic take on what that would be like especially i mean the the relationship between the mother and the daughter was enough for me to like be like holy shit but yeah that whole situation the mother just dumped all the problems on her daughter and daughter had to take care of everything it's fucked up but what I thought was interesting was the part where they were like kind of talking about how um, the daughter will kind of take on the mother's suffering in a way. Like it transfers. That's true as fuck. Because the, I mean, the daughter was also pretty self-centered too when it came to her, uh, like, like her, her, so like, you remember how like Ingrid Bergman and uh, fucking the, God, what's her name again? Liv? Uh, Liv Ullman. Liv Ullman and Ingrid Bergman were just sitting down there, like, talking about their problems the whole time, and meanwhile, they're fucking, her sister is upstairs just suffering, completely fucking paralyzed and shit, and they're not even thinking about her at all, and she really got got it the worst out of everyone, you know, but then she's just sitting around thinking about her own problems, which there were plenty of, don't get me wrong, but, like, she kind of does the same thing that her mom does, just less Uh, extreme. I don't know if she, like, brought her sister back into her home. Like, I don't know. I would say she's at least a little more altruistic than the mother because she'll still care for her family and still she's the one who reaches out to her mom to mend things even though she has no reason to do so. The mom should be begging her to let her back in her life. Yeah, but there's like traces of it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, like when the husband's describing how she didn't say yes to his proposal, but then when she went to his house, she was like, oh, this feels like home. Yeah, the part that was, I think one of the p- parts that hit really hard was when um, she, 
again, she was talking about how her mother kind of views her and her sister as dolls. And then um, she was like, yeah, I felt like I didn't have an identity, identity of my own because you just kept making me wear what you wanted me to wear and you wanted me to do things that you wanted me to do. Like, she, she just wanted a mini version of herself, essentially. She didn't want to raise another person. I just thought that was... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really... That's sad, because that's a lot of parents. That's pretty much they want to have a, another version of themselves. They don't want to raise a unique human. They're like, oh, my child will like all the movies and music I like. I'll raise them on things that will alienate them from their peers and then not understand when they uh, strike back against me. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Being like someone that had to like break from the mold of their own family too, like where I was like a sports kid, then I did my own thing. It's like it you like whenever you brush up against somebody that wants you to be like them, it's just so fucking annoying when you have to like finally get out of their shadow. And I can't believe that she didn't literally want to like kill her mom because from personal experience, getting out of like a parent shadow was one of the most aggravating things of all time. Where you're like, fuck off. I'm literally my own human being. I don't know how this character, Liv Ullman, didn't just want to fucking murder It's not my mom. dream, Dad. It's yours. I mean, yeah. she, she clearly felt very strongly about that. Like, you know, she freaked out. She oh, like, they feel strongly in this movie. Yeah. This is the strongest anyone's ever felt in a movie. Yeah. I'm just glad it wasn't like a quick burst, like quick freak out. You know, like something that you would see in some fucking like best acting ever compilation where it's just like, Every day I wish oh, you were dead. Yeah. I can't. Story, yeah. I can't. I can't. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned, I've abandoned hey, my boy. Hey, hey, leave, leave that alone. No, but like that's the type of shit you see. Anyway, she like, it was like a continuous burn, you know, like. It was good. It wasn't just like a spark in a moment. Like it, the whole yeah, thing. It's like she didn't she didn't go into this weekend and expecting to blow up on her mom. It's just after so much taking so much of your parents' shit and they haven't changed. And if anything, they're getting worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, past a certain age, like people don't change really. I mean, like there's even a part where um, Ingrid Bergman's character was like, "I wanna." I'll, I'll change. Tell me what I can do to change. Blah, blah, blah. But she's never going to change. You know what I mean? She just yeah, even then, that's selfish. Like, you do the work. Tell me what I have to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's also the fact that she couldn't just, like, like innately go, oh, well, this is what I have to do to, like, you know, make my daughter feel like a person. She has to be told to, like, treat her daughter, like, a certain way. Where there's no real empathy there. There's just, like, a gaping hole. Yeah. What I will say, though, is that I don't really understand why this is on, like, half of people's sight and sound. Like, Yeah, what? I mean, it's, it's, it's really good, but I personally wouldn't put it on my sight and sound. I mean, the only really interesting sight and sound I saw was during the fight. There were some interesting shots with contrasting the daughter and her. And during that piano scene where they that were learning cool. that, that prelude scene was pretty cool, too. But, um, I mean, those are the two standout scenes, at least in my opinion. I didn't see many sound, like, I didn't hear many, like, like sound effects where I was like, or just, like, you know, compositions overall where I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I mean, sight and sound doesn't literally mean they're going by best sound, Gabe. It's just the list of best movies. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it's not what movies you sound the best. It's just, like, the name of the poll. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I thought I, th I thought it was like sound because like, like, I thought it was like sound design. Yeah, Jean Dielman has the best fucking sound when she chops those carrots. You really feel like she's chopping carrots. Man, yeah. I'm not. I'm not some fucking 
like sight and sound. I, don't I know ain't no shit. fancy college movie yeah. boy, some big yeah. city film boy. Yeah, we're here in the Midwest where we talk about like Zach Snyder. Sonata. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, it, it definitely was a good film. Definitely very good. But top 10 of all time, I don't think so. Not a chance. It's a very frequent choice. Yeah, if this isn't your top 10, you're kind of telling on yourself in terms of like relationships you might have with yeah. your mother. Because I feel like for this to be a really personal top 10, you kind of have to be what they're going through. And maybe I'm wrong and stupid, but I could imagine maybe if I had this relationship vibing with it more. But I was just like, your mom sucks, dude. You seem like you have a better life. Like your husband's kind of doofus, but I don't know. You live in like a really pretty place. Fuck your stupid mom and her dumb piano. <laughs> and fuck Mozart too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Chopin. Yeah, Chopin. And Mozart. Noah, what do you think of the scene where the daughter's playing piano? I need to know whether that was good technique or if she sucked shit, because it sounded like she sucked shit. I mean, I'm not a pianist, but like, I feel like I, I also don't. I've never heard that particular Chopin piece before, so. I, I actually can't really give a very good opinion on it, but I think that she, like, I think she was playing all the correct notes, but she's just kind of, she's okay. Ingrid Bergman too. Uh, when she was playing it, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it didn't sound like the most difficult piece. Like it was like, boom, boom. Like they would play like one chord and then like four rests and then another chord. Like if you're going to show off that this woman left to be a concert pianist, I want to see some, like really good piano, so I can be like, "Oh, I get why she left." But I think I think that that piece could have been played in a way more interesting way, to be honest. I mean, but, it was more. I think it was more about what the piece represented for this scene, though, where it was just about like like underlying like um, tension between the two, like just yeah. disdain they had for one another. Yeah, that's true. Just like a reflection of their their current situation. Yeah, because if you like Chopin, you're you he's very romantic, so most of his music isn't like. What's the line? It's like he he was he felt, but he wasn't sentimental. He what was that line? Yeah, he he was proud, and um, although he had like some kind of disdain, he wouldn't let it show through. He's like sentimental. Yeah. Sentimental, not emotional. Sentimentality is different than emotion. Is what she said. I think something like that. I think I might something be like flipped, that, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. She also called him manly, but. I'm not sure Chopin was the most manly guy. I could be, I could be talking on my ass. Too, nah, but... dude, Chopin was the manliest guy in fucking 1760. He looks like a Habsburg prince. Like he looks very frail. Yeah, he was like a tiny, tiny little little art kid. Like I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, I guess dude, guys traditionally like whatever, but I don't guys, know. guys back then were still wearing tights, high heels, and fucking wigs. Like there wasn't, they're not, they're not our standard of masculinity. <laughs> were there like fucking little boys too? Like they'd cut yeah. off the boys' dicks so they could sing high. That's a uh, uh, what's it called? Like Castrati. a tenor Constrati, yeah. Yeah, that shit was weird. Yeah, they'd cut off, they'd castrate uh, boys so that they had high voices forever. <laughs> If you've ever, there's a couple recordings of them left in the world. I listened once because uh, our old choir teacher was talking about it. He's talking she about Castrati's. Yeah, and he's I, talking I, about he's you know he's talking about himself. What a freak! I, so, so so there's this there's this one uh, recording of this Castrati singing Ave Maria, and it's very very unsettling to listen to. 
it's like very the dude's like full grown man, but he never went through puberty, so his voice is really high. It's very, very creepy and weird. I don't know why the fuck they did that. They were any excuse to touch a little boy's penis back then. Oh, well, obviously yeah. they did it because it was fucking cool as shit. You hear him sing, dude. Oh, they Maria. So weird, dude. Ugh. Um, do you guys want to get into La Plate? We've pretty much gone over it, but just for our listeners, I'm going to give a brief rundown of what happens in the plot. Sure. And because we have a section called La Plate, so. Um, Ava, who is played by Liv Ullman, is the wife of the village pastor. She invites her mother, Charlotte, played by Ingrid Bergman, for a visit to her village. She has not seen her mother for over seven years. Uh, in the time that her mother has been away, she has had a child and lost him uh, a day before his birthday. He drowned and the mother couldn't come to the funeral because she was busy recording all of Mozart's sonatas. And that was her excuse. Yep. <laughs> like, I know it was different back then, different for every person. But at that point, I'd be like, all right, I don't need you. Like, what are you what are you doing for me? Yeah, let, what do, yeah. What also, do you mean back then? It's like this was like maybe eighty years ago, max. Also, like just as a as a musician, Gabe, I'm sure you understand this at well as well. But it's so hard to understand like a commitment to recording someone else's work. You know, like you're just like abandoning your grand, your dead grandchildren and your children so that to you do can some covers. So you can yeah, do covers. Yeah, she's, she's literally a cover artist. That's all she does. <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't compose anything. She's not a composer. She's not even that well-renowned. Okay, imagine the same movie, but she left her kids to join a Steely Dan cover band. This might be... I I don't know. This might be a hot take, but I feel feel like if you aren't... If you're just doing covers of things, then I can't really call you an artist, like, as a musician. If If you're... All you do is just, like, play Mozart, like, you're, like, kind of just like a computer... What if you, you like add your own spin to it, like a cover artist who kind of changes the vibe? Because there's definitely covers I like more than the original. Yeah, like, Hallelujah. In the classical yeah. world, they're supposed to play every note exactly, but they can like play that's it slightly a, differently. But it's just like I don't know. That, that's a new artistry thing. In that. There, I mean, actual classical theory. If you're doing classical music right, you're supposed to have sections where it's just improv. Which adds more artistry to it, in my opinion. But like most people now, that just that are just performers. They perform music. They don't. They don't improv. They don't add anything. They're a bunch of little fucking robots, like you said. And yeah, like Elvis was a performer. He wasn't an artist. Hot take. Coming at us with the Elvis takes. I didn't think we'd get any on the Autumn Sonata episode. Got to be real. He did. He did steal from black people. That's for sure. But they said it was okay. They said that in the movie, that it was okay he did that. They're like, hey, hey man, no one's going to record our music. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Elvis. Yeah, thank you, Elvis. You're one of you're, us. You're, you're one of the guys. You're one of us. You're honorary. You saw you shaking your legs. You, you want to put getting... me in jail for wiggling. <laughs> Dude, Austin, Austin. I'm sorry. I know Austin Butler was getting his like hype, but fuck, he's cringe, and so is that movie. I don't want him to get big. Uh, Elvis that. broke my voice. I can only talk like Elvis from now on. I'm sorry, Go that's so fuck crazy. Yourself. Go like, no, it didn't. Yourself. Stop. Like, it's okay. No. You, you found a voice that was actually cooler than yours, and you're like, I'm just going to hold on to this for a while. It's just some Oscar campaign bullshit. Yeah. Well, didn't work, so time to drop it. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to talk like that in Dune 2? 
He's in Dune too. Oh yeah, he's he in, is. yeah, he's in Dune. Oh, oh it's the sandworms, mama. He he's also also Florence Pugh's gonna be in Dune too. Down tune. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Dude's oh, so overrated. Well, desert power, huh? Oh, my, my planet's full of spies, mama. <laughs> Why is Florence Pugh in everything anymore? People like her. I don't know. No, I, like I get her. it. Like I like her, but She's like, talented. People like her. What do you what do you want her to go home? Yeah, go home. I've seen enough of you for the year. You're an Oppenheimer. Yeah, I saw your tits. Get out. Go home. That was so unnecessary. Like, all right, here, okay, here's Florence Pugh, yeah. and here are tits. Every single scene. Every you scene. You sound like the country of India right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with them. I'm going to put that CGI like, dress on her. Like, yeah, you, you put your know, clothes back on. Hate to, I, your I tits never, are hanging out. I never ever say, I, I'm not really one to, like, say this kind of shit, but that was some, like, male gaze shit, right? Yeah. It's like booms and men arguing and then i mean to be fair he also showed killian murphy butt-ass naked too so yeah yeah he, it was a it was a equal opportunity gaze though that was a good part right there Lawrence, you get out of here give me more cillian so uh <laughs> what's her face ingrid bergman uh is unsettled by the presence of her other daughter who is physically handicapped in some way and it's just one of the instances of her being an awful human and mother where she's like, I wouldn't have come if I had known my daughter was here. Um, they have dinner. There's some tension. They play the piano. There's some tension. She goes to bed. Uh, there's some tension. And she talks about getting them a new car and then quickly is like, well, I'll get myself a new car and give them my car, which I thought was pretty funny. That's probably the funniest thing that happens in the movie. There is no yeah. laughs. There's like no jokes in this movie. That's just uh, funny part. Dude, I didn't yeah. expect there to be. The mother is so narcissistic that she like view, she views her children as extensions of herself, and so if there's anything wrong with them, she takes that as like a hit to her, the quality of her own being, which is just like so fucked up. Like she she can't stand seeing her crippled daughter because she's like, I produced that. That's not me. That's not me. You know, I think I think she also doesn't want any like culpability, like any responsibility in, in the shortcomings yeah. of her daughter because it reflects poorly on her mother mothering. Yeah. On her parenting. Do they say they say she had a disease? Did they ever specifically say what happened I'm to the daughter? I'm assuming it's cerebral palsy, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you with a certainty. That's what I thought it was, too. But yeah. Um. So then they have the big blow up, which is. Liv Ullman, I thought, ran away with the movie. I liked her the best out of any of the actors. She was, yeah. she, the, her agent told her the rent is due and she went for it. She screaming, crying, spitting. She was doing all those actor things, but it wasn't like annoying. Like if Jared Leto did it, it fit with the scene because the whole time up until then, she's been trying her hardest to make her mother stay uh, pleasant. And she's been doing the absolute most for a woman who does barely anything for her she gave her life and then fucked off yeah yeah i mean it was every i think every acting choice in this movie was completely justified by the context i mean it she did a phenomenal job that's probably one of the best acting performances i've ever seen to be honest she was good this movie kind of occupies the same space that like before midnight does where i'm like that was really good didn't really enjoy it because it's just like yeah. an argument it's like, yeah, that's how arguments are. I don't like arguments. Yeah, and, and now I feel yeah. like shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like shit. This is a good movie to feel like shit, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like it really is. It just kind of leaves you like on a bitter, bitter sour note where there's no real good resolution. It's just her yeah. mother. Her mother fucks off again. And That's she's life. Although it's not. It's not. I'm. I feel I, good. Well, I don't know what you mean. It's making me in a bad mood. I, 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 I am thankful that movies like this exist because I absolutely like detest the notion that a fucking you you go to the movies to just like feel better. I don't know. I go to the movies to like experience different things. Like doesn't have to always be like an Adam Sandler movie. And I'm not saying that's what you guys are saying. I'm just saying like there's like it's like a two, there's a spectrum to that argument and the other side of the spectrum fucking pisses me off. There was a line from uh, Gene Siskel. He said, a good movie will never depress you because you'll walk out and be like, well, that was a fucking fantastic movie. I know I feel like shit, but wow. Yeah, I just felt like shit. I wasn't like, fucking wow, that was really interesting. Though. I was like, ah, shit, that was just kind of well, sad. Well, AJ, how do you feel like that relates to this one? Um, I got to be real. This wasn't my favorite of the ones we've talked about. I wasn't super taken away with anything other than the performances. Like a lot of the times the camera work, I found kind of distracting the way it would do it. Like office zooms, it would do with zoom ins and zooms out. Yeah. So I was kind of distracting. The whole thing takes place in like a bedroom. Uh, I liked, uh, there was the one shot where they're driving and it's just like the landscape was fucking gorgeous. And I was like, wow, this is the best a movie's ever looked. And then the rest of it's just in like a wood paneled. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 like okay here's one thing also coming off of kira kurosawa you know dreams is not like a good boost for this movie I yeah that like wasn't like we were the on best, a high note uh thing yeah. to balance it against was like yeah the the most a movie it's just it's one of those capital m it's going to give you the most of everything this is a very concentrated story like it's not trying to be the whole breadth of cinema like dreams is it's like it's telling this specific story and even then specific like day in the life of these two people who seemingly have horrible lives and i you know i didn't regret watching it uh, i'll say that yeah. well, here's my thing though I'm, I'm glad i saw it it's a really good movie but um like i've seen like the tunnel from akira kurosawa's dream where it's like it's also sad but there's some profoundness to it you walk away feeling like you got something that was very profound out of a like out of a man dealing with his his own despair and regret i didn't feel that at the end of this movie though i was just like ah fuck yeah there's this, no there's you know it's more like just like oh this situation's fucked and sometimes fucked situations don't get better and that's life and then you're just like oh well fuck <laughs> yeah that's kind of yeah. how i felt i was like oh shit sucks shit sucks all right well yeah let's talk about it yeah <laughs> So I, I suppose the movie did it exactly what it wanted to do. I just don't like how it feels. Yeah, which, you know, not every movie is for every person. It's okay to say people need to get on board with the whole, like, this movie's good. I didn't like it, though. And that's okay to be like, yeah. you know, not my vibe, not what I look for when I go to the movies or uh, something of that nature. Like, you can be like, yeah, the performances are great. It's got a great script but none of it was something I liked. Like, you know, there's food you don't like, but yeah. I'm not going to say, like, it was It was prepared made. badly. Yeah, like, yeah. great dish can be prepared perfectly, and you could still just not, not be your taste. Someone can make me the greatest bowl of peas in the world, and I would still be like, ew, get this out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, I like me some peas. Fuck some peas. peas. I hate them. They're gross. I, Dude, I can't peas. stand the sight or taste of them. Carrots, peas cauliflower it makes working in like Ooh. an elementary school during lunch so hard because there's just like peas always on the ground and i'm just like it makes my gag <laughs> reflex go 
I was gonna start like I'm gonna bring a bag of bees when it comes to no straight up don't like I will I I have like a shutdown it's small circular objects for me just weird me out like I hate coins too it's something probably deep inside me if if Ingmar Bergman had made a movie about people freaking out over small round things I'd be like well this is the most profound statement anyone's ever made (laughs) (laughs) do you you have like trectophobia or whatever it's called I don't have that thing where it's like tiny holes it's tiny objects like uh coins peas buttons how do you feel about like marbles marbles i don't mind because they're like full spears i don't know why any of this is why i am like i've never gotten to the bottom of why i don't like any of these things i wasn't traumatized by someone like throwing buttons at me or anything i just don't (laughs) like looking at when i was a kid i just straight up wouldn't wear anything with buttons because i hated looking at them i just don't like i don't like button up clothes yeah i just don't like buttons Textual, I don't, like, I've know. never understood the the small hole fear. I just can't really wrap my head around it. I mean, it's like, irrational. Like, my fear is also irrational. You know, if you can't explain it. It's just, for some reason, your mind hates it. Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid of, like, sharks and stuff. And, like, I, heights. I, I hate shadows. Like, if I see a shadow on the side of me, I can't stand that. I fucking hate bats. I didn't used to, yeah. but then we went through it. And now I just can't even see like a Google image of a bat or my body will just like tense up. Yeah, I get I get tense when something moves in my peripheral vision a little too fast. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the plot of Autumn Sonata. It ends with the mom fucking off again, leaving her daughter to be like, I'm sorry, I was so mean to you. And just continuing the cycle because that's life. Uh, let's get into production, Linden. Uh, this has my favorite opening sentence of any of our production Lindens. Uh, due to his battle with the Swedish tax authorities at the time, Igmar Bergman produced Autumn Sonata through his West German company, Persona Film Gumbel, with main financing from Lou Gray's British ITC film. Did you say Goomba? <laughs> yeah, Goomba. It was a <laughs> bunch of letters and uh, whatever. I just love yeah, that it starts with, with having to preface with like, well, he was battling the tax authorities. He was committing active tax evasion when he made this movie. Those, those, are, <laughs> those Swedes and the taxes, man, they don't play around. They tax you out the ass. Yeah, uh, the film was shot in an old film studio outside Oslo in Norway, which if that's a, if that's a set, pretty good set. I thought it was just a real old house. Good job. That was a very, very beautiful landscape. I'll give it that. Well, know. I think the landscape was real. I don't think that was in a studio. What do you mean? I, I'm sorry. I, I thought you just meant the, like the overall like setting of it. I mean, the like house was in oh, a studio. I that My I'm bad. sure that was like a real landscape. That'd be fucking yeah. impressive. I would add a star if that was a studio that made that landscape they're driving up. But I think that was real. Oh my bad. No, I was I was following you. Good cinema coming out of Oslo. Fucking the worst person in the world came from Oslo. Oh, we'll cover that eventually. Okay. A hundred. Yeah, yeah. I I love that movie. I love the worst person in the world. Well, we'll talk about that. Um, maybe Ladies Month. I don't know. (laughs) Um. So yeah, they shot the movie. Uh, It was written specifically for Ingrid Bergman by Ingmar Bergman because he had always wanted to work with her. She had always wanted to work with him. Uh, she actually wrote him a letter at one point saying like, hey, why haven't you cast me in anything? He's like, I have a right to the movie for you and I was write the movie where you are a, a bad neglect for the mother. It's like, oh, thanks, buddy. 
Peter Cowie in the notes to the Criterion release summarizes the production stating shot in Norway with British and American backing and featuring Swedish dialogue Autumn Sonata emerged from one of the darkest spells in Ingmar Bergman's life. In 1976, he had gone into voluntary exile in Munich after being accused of evading tax on the income from certain films. Autumn Sonata marks the swan song of Ingrid Bergman's career, fulfilled her long-held desire, her long-held desire to make a film with her namesake. Nice. Yeah, fuck, ta- fuck taxes. Yeah, fuck taxes. He shouldn't have to pay taxes. Him. Yeah. Especially the- for how it is to get art films made. Yeah. yeah. Where, my ta- where are my taxes going? Oh, the military. Group you think fucking school. Marvel pays taxes? No. Disney does not pay taxes. They don't pay their employees. Yeah. Yuck. They don't play their they don't even pay the fucking <laughs> actors, like the background actors, Christ's sake. They sure scan them though. Um yeah. that's all I had for production. I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot to this movie. They shot it and then they yeah. released it. There wasn't like a tortured production. It seemed like it went pretty smoothly. You know, actors yelled, they said their lines. Uh, it came out and art girls say it's one of the 10 best movies of all time you know this is one of, I, I was reading girls <laughs> list and this is on her sight and sound i wonder what her relationship with her mother is like i'm her assuming mother. bad yeah i would say probably bad yeah <laughs> i'm starting to notice a trend all the art girls hate their moms that's actually a thing oh of course it is yeah have you, have you picked up on that like most of the art like a lot of the uh, at least art girls i've been personally involved with uh all have mommy issues every single one well it's because they're daughters of former art girls so of course they have mommy issues <laughs> it's just a, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating like, cycle well, where does it start you know that's the thing the chicken of the started egg. with the first cave painting the first ever art girl yeah <laughs> Like so, like she she was drawing like you know mammoths on the side of the cave, and everyone was like, "Take a shower. You kind of st- you kind of smell bad." And she really took it personally. Yeah, she used like old berries to dye her hair. Yeah, she like she like took yeah blueberries and just kind of rubbed them in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm she, they. <laughs> uh, let's do some Marian trivia net. Really flying through these sections. Uh, this I already said that, but this is the final theatrical film of actress Ingrid Bergman. Yep. Rip. Yeah. R.I.P. Good riddance. Gabe, yeah, she was in Casablanca. Get get out of here. But take care of your kids. I mean, True. I guess I, I guess I can't say you're wrong for that, but <laughs> come on, she's one of the great screen presences. No, she's she's great. No, she's great. I'm, trying to, I'm looking at her filmography right now. Damn, she won three Oscars. Damn. Kind of goaded status, honestly. She was nominated for seven. She's one of the best actresses of all time. I mean, mm-hmm. that fits. Can, can we give Daniel Day-Lewis something? Just anything? He's retired. I know. He's making shoes. He deserves one. He's already had three Oscars, Gabe. Has he? Yeah, he won three huh. Oscars. He's one of the actors who has the uh. most Oscars. <laughs> well, did you, you know wait, what? Did you straight up just not know that and guess? I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but I am glad. This is an outrage. Why doesn't <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis have an Oscar yet? Yeah. Give him another one. Give him four. Yeah, he's, Fuck he's you. one of the best. I'm sure he'll get like a lifetime achievement at some he point. But yeah, the man is well awarded. <laughs> Good. He deserves them all. Probably deserves more, honestly, but 
Uh, while Ingrid Bergman portrays Charlotte the pianist, the person we really see and hear playing is Ingmar Bergman's ex-wife. I'm going to try my best. Kabi Laurette, an acclaimed concert pianist. She even acted as Ingrid's body double at the keyboard. Sweet. Well, yeah, those yeah. hands look pretty different. I love that shit when they, when they uh, do the uh, insert shot and it's clearly a different person's hand. They yeah. do that in the pianist. It pissed me off. Yeah. yeah, you know Adrian Brody can't play. Well, there was this whole ending part of the pianist where she's just like going ham on the piano. I'm like, okay, yeah. if they pan up and Adrian Brody's been doing that the whole time, this is like the best performance ever. But of course, it's yeah. not him. Our boy right. Ryan, our boy Ryan Gosling, though. He did it. Yeah, he yeah. played. He, did he played pretty well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is Ingrid Bergman's first film in her native tongue in 11 years. Wait, yeah. where is she? Where's Where's Ingrid from? Sweden. Oh, she's also from Sweden. Okay. I, I don't know. It's her it's native tongue. There. Yeah, Bergens. Burgermeisters. The Bergman Burger. I don't know. I'm trying. This is going to be a <laughs> hell of an episode to pull a clip from. Yeah. Sorry, dude. It made me tired. I know. Did you just come off of watching this? yeah oh my Same. god man take a break oh my, i couldn't imagine going straight from watching this to recording content based off it why i watched you, it why, last night why do you why do you think we're both so low energy we're like fuck god damn yeah especially I, after what i've been up to lately i was just like oh yeah <laughs> um Dick. yeah I needed some time to marinate. I knew that I needed at least a day to marinate on this or else I would come out full swing and like it was the somewhere episode again where I'm like, this is boring and stupid. But after marinating, I'm like, nah, it's a good movie. I just, you know, I don't like I don't like it when it's slow. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that a little before you joined on Noah. We're both like, this uh, This one was slow. It's slow, but it's whatever. Slow. I expected it. I didn't go in expecting like a thrill a minute. I, it was Ingmar Bergman making a movie about a mother-daughter relationship. I, I kind of knew what I was in for. You just don't like, uh, you just, you can't handle slow cinema. Yeah. I mean, kind of. <laughs> if I'm being yeah, real, no. kind of, yeah. You can't handle Andre Tarkovsky's Solaris. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I will yeah, say I'm this sorry. is like a, a roller coaster compared to anything Tarkovsky's made. Yeah. So I don't sorry I don't have four hours for a payoff. I got shit to do. For a payoff where the payoff is that you should kill yourself. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Um, the quote unquote drivel novel that Charlotte reads has a picture of Ingmar Bergman on the back. Is that anything? <laughs> Does that interest you guys? I don't know. <laughs> The yeah, trivia wasn't just... that interesting for this. They shot a movie in a house. People yell at each other. There wasn't like, yeah. "Ooh, Easter egg." Yeah, I'm sorry, but like coming off Kurosawa, I mean, the the week before that, we also had fucking um After Hours. It's like, God, we were went from two back to back fucking just balls to the wall. Yeah, just insane movie. movies. Polyester yeah. is pretty insane. That'll I'm, be I'm, a good I'm pick hyped. me up. Yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. <laughs> this movie's got me coughing. <laughs> Jesus, that was like a violent coffers. Dude, uh, I was on a song. I was on a cinema tear this week. I watched like five movies. Yeah, what you watch? they're pretty much all bangers. I watched another movie by Powell and Pressburger, the guys who made the Red Shoes: The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Oh fuck yeah! 
it was a very pretty movie um i will say it was a little too long and a little too british stuffy at points it's the whole movie is just like i do say oh boy <laughs> like everyone just sounds like that yeah this reminds me of the red shoes it's me that cinema to me that's cinema. red shoes is cinema the movie it rules I'll give, I'll give it a watch this week yeah. colonel blimps okay it's not as good as red shoes but it's pretty good it's good watch um i saw the handmaiden have you guys seen the handmaiden no that uh, movie fucks so hard i still have to watch that with the nun one i haven't given that to watch yet oh the devils yeah good on the devils, devils yeah i'm down for that um the palm beach story i watched that too that movie has the dumbest and funniest twist ending of all time like i don't even want to spoil it but it's the last minute there's a reveal that is so fucking stupid that it's hilarious and the rest of the movie is pretty funny too the palm beach story it's an old screwball comedy AJ, is there is there are there any Greg Araki movies in Criterion? Uh, let me look. Cause I I'm getting into Greg Araki. I wanna I wanna watch Nowhere, but it's not it's not available. It's available nowhere. So it looks fucking cool. But I don't think it's in the Criterion channel or collection, I mean. I think he might have been in the Criterion closet at some point. He's he rocks, dude. His movies are great. I just yeah, watched yeah. the Doom Generation. It's a crazy ass movie. He doesn't have any in the actual collection, but there's a video. Of, I've seen the video of him in the Criterion closet. That's very surprising because he's like prime Criterion material. Maybe they'll get him in. Um, pretty much just whatever they get the rights to, basically. Yeah. All right, let's keep chugging along. Let's do some bad letter boys. Yeah. Do you guys see me as like leaving a review on this one? <laughs> the first review comes from Gabe. Gabe? <laughs> Gabe, you never cooked on your she wants to fuck her mom theory. Oh, it wasn't a theory. I just thought because there's mommy issues for her to be the appropriate choice. Okay, good. I was like, I I don't know if I buy that. No, no, no. no. I that was wasn't... interested in hearing your defense. <laughs> yeah, no, there there wasn't that wasn't an argument to begin with. That was just like uh mommy issues, Freud. I could have done Oedipus too, but I thought Freud was more on topic. You guys just put fucking... Mr. Beast into the movie like I do. Don't give it any thought. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, well, you saw my last one. My last one was pretty good. I love talking about Zoom backgrounds on an audio medium. That's what, they, that's what the listeners are here for. <laughs> They're here for our backgrounds. Okay, this first review comes from YT. Uh, they say, this has to be the worst film of all time. No action, nothing interesting to keep your attention, just useless, boring dialogue. I hate this so much. I want to resurrect Ingmar Bergman from the dead so he can go to jail for this. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with that. And, you know, I wasn't blown away, but even I'm like, chill. It's not, fuck off. It's not the worst yeah, movie of all time. Yeah, calm down. It, it's time to calm you, down. Even if you don't like it, it's not that deep to be upset about. Yeah chill also ingmar bergman shouldn't go to jail for this maybe therapy but like yeah he, boys will make a movie about blah 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 blah, blah instead of blah 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 to Going therapy to... yeah boys will show their emotions and their work instead of going to therapy i hate that this is fucking criticism of movies it's like men will literally rather do this than therapy it's like well have you ever considered that art is therapy <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then, but then they're like, "Oh, you should share your emotions, though. Men should share their emotions." Yeah, but I don't like it when you do it. But you should do it anyway. You should you should share your emotions to anyone else but me. <laughs> uh, okay, this next review comes from Kevin Path. 
uh, Kevin says, the dialogue can be thought-provoking and memorable, and there are some cleverly constructed shots here and there, but the movie honestly triggered no emotion in me. The dialogue is nonstop and infuriatingly monotone, which speaks for the most overarching, overarching issue I have. The pacing is awful. No breakups, ups or downs, nothing. A straight line of monotone dialogue for the entire movie. That's not true at all. They had that's some... Even, that's, like, objectively wrong, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I feel like of all the like criticisms, the though, that was pretty measured. It was like, whatever. It's, I still feel like half a star is pretty low for something like that. that yeah. this, this is a, this is a, for me. This is a three star movie. If I was to like actually put like a rating to it, because it's like it is like well made. You can't take away from it. It's just I don't know. It's just not for me. What do you want? Yeah. Uh, this next review comes from uh, Tyagi or Tiagi. Uh, they say, "Shut up, you stupid little bitch." Okay, agreed. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's that's criticism right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this next view comes from someone named Brother Noah. <laughs> I don't think it's our Brother Noah, but a Brother Noah. There can only be one. We uh, brother Highlander. We should do there Highlander. Can only be one. Yeah. No, <laughs> you have to fight Brother Noah to the death. Yeah, and then you get to be immortal. Yeah, I think. Yeah. All right, Brother Noah says, I, either I'm a real dumbass or Ingmar Bergman ain't worth shit. I saw that one. That's, yeah. It's like, it's probably more towards the you're a dumbass camp than yeah. the Ingmar Bergman ain't worth shit. Wouldn't it be wild if it turned out that Ingmar Bergman wasn't actually worth shit and he was the he smartest person ever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate yeah. his, his, his honesty, though. Yeah. Uh, this next review comes from Georgia. Georgia says, funny how this movie simply opens with my wife, just like Borat would do. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's, it's something. That was pretty yeah. weak. Most of it, well, I mean, all of the reviews that we mention are bad and weak. Like, I mainly bring them up so that we can mock them. No, I know. I'm saying they're weak. Yeah, they're weak. Yeah. Pathetic. Pathetic. Suck. Weak awful you're garbage trash except for that one guy that was like shut up you little bitch that guy was kind of funny he was pretty funny <laughs> he has a point wait let him cook yeah um i'm not gonna do this review that's actually i don't think we can cook on that wait wait what is it what is it well i'm What's not gonna it? do it you can look through the outline yeah I don't know do that. this next review comes from tuka tuka says their language is so annoying agreed <laughs> what the fuck? that's just like <laughs> bro you can't say that <laughs> sorry you what swedish is kind of goofy yeah it's kind of a goofy ass language it's, like, dude, it's, it's hard it's to believe that it's i mean it's uh, a germanic language so i mean that's probably what fucking we sound like to pe people who don't speak english nah we sound different for sure. Like, you ever hear a Swedish person? It's, it's hard to believe that Swedish people are the Vikings. Because imagine the guy that has, like, an axe. He's, like, shirtless. He's got, like, a bear skin on. And he goes, and kills you. I'd be so upset. I'd be so upset if that guy was who burned down my village. Is a guy You're taking goes, your women. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Anyone else, please. Is that Alexander Skarsgård's Swedish, right? That's where the Skarsgårds are from? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Swedish. Look, oh, the Skarsgård family is a bunch of chads, so. Yeah, they're chads, but imagine if they're going, and you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Alexander's yeah. a fucking freak. I'm so excited that he exists. Yeah. He's so good he's in succession. He's great in succession. Yeah. He's so he's funny gonna... as, like, Swedish uh, Elon Musk. 
Yeah, he's has great. He ever, has he ever turned into bad performance that you guys can think of? I mean, I haven't seen every Alexander Skarsgård. I've seen very few, if yeah, I'm being real. Filmography. Yeah, true. I haven't seen him much except I mean. I'm gonna say I've I've never seen him in, give a bad performance, but I've seen like you know three things he's in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw his little brother give a shitty performance in it. That was cringe. What? I did not like his uh, brother, whoever his face is, and uh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Hey, Georgie. Hi, yeah. Georgie. Would you like a balloon? Yeah, I thought the entire. I don't it know. Sounds I like Scooby Doo in the movie. Would you like a balloon? Bit. <laughs> you don't sound like Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think I think he's definitely better than Tim Curry. At least Tim Curry just is like showed up. He's like, "Hey, Georgie." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want a balloon? I'm Georgie. Or, no, you're say- Georgie. I'm it. Yeah. I'm Pennywise. <laughs> I'm, I'm Georgie, your best friend. All right, whatever the fuck. I'm gonna go I'm have little, a cigarette. I, I'm your little brother, yeah, Georgie. Show me your tits. Yeah, boop pop. Show me your tits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this last review comes from Michael Strothman. Uh, Michael says, if you say you like this, you are just lying. Shut up. To be fair, I have that same reaction to any movie I don't like. That if you, if you say you like it, it's because you're lying to sound cool. Yeah. yeah like, if you like, if you like Solaris, it's like, okay, we get it. You're he comes from the AJ field of criticism where it's like, this is bad. And if you like it, you're lying. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. Yeah, my opinion's the only right one. Everyone else can get fucked. I don't know, man. I'm not a fucking film bro. I don't get. I don't know. Gabe, you say this, but you do watch a lot of film. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't ever like dissect it. I just like take it in for what it is. If I like it, I like it. If not, Gabe, you have the taste. You got to stop running from your film bro creds. I just don't know jack shit about production. I'm like colors. Yeah, there's colors. I like blue lights, okay? So well, that's what production go. Linden is for. Yeah. I'm trying to educate. I didn't yeah. do any research for this, this one. I this, literally just read from the Wikipedia. Yeah. Dreams, I was all in. I was reading yeah. essays. I was watching YouTube videos on it. This, I was like, yeah. they argued. That that film can motivate you to read an essay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got nothing else. What, 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 yeah, I'm fucking... What's the running time on this? If you're listening, uh, text one of us and we'll send you five dollars. Nah, uh, fuck, I'm not doing that. I really no. I just want to see if anyone makes it to the end of the episode. If you if you get to the end of the episode, text one of us, uh, Sonata, and we'll Venmo you five dollars. If if you get to the end of this episode, you should pay me five bucks. I'm not gonna yeah. elaborate any further. You want to do some final thoughts? Yeah. Final thoughts. Final, final. sonats. Yeah. Final um. Yeah, fine thoughts. This movie wasn't for me. It was good. It was made well, I'm sure. Um, everything about it was compelling. I just didn't like it. That's 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 on me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here for drama. I'm and how many for... balloons would you give it? I gave it a, one of those little poodle balloons, and then I'd pop it in its face because it annoyed me. Because that's life. That's life, yeah. Noah, you go next. Uh, I think this movie did exactly what it wanted to do, and I think what Ingmar Bergman personally wanted to do is make me have a depressive episode. So I'll give it a a good four out of five because it's very. (laughs) He did exactly what he wanted to do. I I would give this movie an SSRI immediately. (laughs) I I would give this this movie six days out of seven taking your SSRIs. I would give this movie five things I can see, four things I can hear, three things I can smell. 
um yeah my turn i'm in the middle of you guys i didn't not like it i didn't really enjoy it either it's a movie exists i'm glad some people get catharsis out of it i didn't personally great performances can't fault that like i'm not gonna poo poo any of that i thought Liv Oldman was incredible she's already been added to my google doc of all-time greatest performances uh since i'm in the middle of you guys i'm gonna give it a 3.5 out of 5 which is probably the most boneheaded rating to give a movie like this but Whatever. I'm a bonehead. Dude, I, I embrace my meat hood or my meatheadness. Fuck this movie. I don't know. I feel sad now. <laughs> yeah. Let's just sit in the depression for a little bit. Let's add some time onto the running time. Just, <laughs> just sit in it. If you're listening to this at home, just think about all the failures in your life and how you're doomed to repeat the cycle of abuse <laughs> from your parents. No, hold up. I'm gonna I'm gonna break through real quick. All right, audience. This is your chance to text us and tell us about your childhood trauma. And then I'm going to make fun of you because I think that's funny. Yeah, text us your childhood trauma. We'll mention it on the pod next time. We'll bring it up. Instead of bad letter boys, we'll do like bad parents or something. (laughs) Bad parent corner. Yeah, bad dads, bad moms were equal opportunity. Um, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Um, We'll see you in Sweden. We'll see you at the movies. We'll see you somewhere. I'll see you in hell. Fuck you.